Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Wednesday. Here we are. You and I, WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. You can always stream worldwide, WABC. Pick up our app at WABCradio.com. And if you'd like to be on the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number, 800-848-WABC. That would be 800-848-9222. And we can start in any number of places but we'll start in Maryland via California. The corrupt and often pathetic Department of Justice, I guess, had no choice. They have charged the California man, 26-year-old California man, who wanted to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh with attempted murder charges. Attempted murder on a Supreme Court Justice of the United States. The law enforcement officials that picked him up said he was angry. Angry over Roe versus Wade. He had with him Tactical equipment, a Glock 17, zip ties. The man said that he had found the justice's address online, and perhaps we know how that happened. California native, Nicholas John Rosk. Now, let us go back a few weeks ago when Democrats said that they wanted to protest in front of the houses of Supreme Court justices when the White House spokesperson at the time, Jen Psaki, was asked about liberal activists. This was after the leak in Politico, the leak from somebody in the court of the draft of the opinion that inflamed liberals all over the country. Protests quickly developed, and some liberals published the addresses, a map 
that show the addresses of justices of the Supreme Court, and it's no wonder that it found its way online. Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, was asked about it. Let's listen to that exchange. Go. These activists posted a map with the home addresses of the Supreme Court justices. Is that the kind of thing this president wants to help your side make their point? Look, I think the president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of uh, sadness from many, many people across this country about what they saw in that leaked document. Uh, We obviously want people's privacy to be respected. We want people to protest peacefully if they want to to protest. That is certainly what the president's view would be. So he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence? I I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I want it, we, we want it, of course, to be peaceful. Well, Mr. Rosk was protesting, apparently, with a black tactical chest rig, tactical knife, a Glock 17 pistol, two magazines and ammunition, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, screwdriver, nail punch, crowbar, pistol light, duct tape, hiking boots with padding on the outside of the soles, and other items. As he went to seek out Justice Kavanaugh. He called police to report on himself. So perhaps this was just to gain attention, or perhaps I don't know, or perhaps some voice inside his head told him to stop before he actually built up the nerve to try to carry out his attack. But at any rate, we know what his plan was, and we know why he was upset. This was a man that was upset because Democrats have made it, and liberals, a central issue, in fact, their holy sacrament is abortion. Now, that may sound a little bit harsh. I remember when Rush Limbaugh first said that, I recoiled a little bit. I'm, whoa, that's a little harsh, isn't it? But you look at the way that they behave over this. Let us be very clear what the protest is about. And let us not mince words here with each other for the sake of being politically correct with each other. What Democrats are upset at, what liberals are upset at, is that the freedom that they claim is their right to kill an unborn yet-to-be-born human being is about to be disrupted. They may have to suffer a little inconvenience in some states before they can take the life of their own child. They may, in some cases, not be allowed after 15 weeks to take the life of their own child. The women protesting these and the men protesting this suffer from a fundamental dishonesty. They say it is a woman's right to choose, and the rest of the sentence is to choose what they do with their own bodies. It is not their own bodies that anyone is concerned with. It is the body of another human being, the physical body of another 
human being that is gestating inside the womb of a woman. And because the decision, Roe versus Wade, was built on faulty premises and faulty law, it may indeed, after a 50-year run, be about to come to an end. That doesn't mean that abortions in this country will go away. It only means that each state will be able constitutionally to decide for themselves what the laws are. And Democrats and liberals, some of them, are outraged. Apparently, 26-year-old Nicholas John Rosk of Simi Valley, California, was one of the liberals so outraged by the idea that human beings might be able to live inside a woman's womb when that human being is unwanted by that woman, that he wanted to go and kill, assassinate, murder a Supreme Court Justice of the United States. And I guarantee you this, and this may sound harsh, there are other whacked-out liberals who today are sad that he wasn't able to complete that mission. We heard a congressman from New York recently say that if the liberals didn't get their way, the Supreme Court ruled against them, he was talking about gun control, that they would pack the court until they get their way. We have heard liberals say they will do whatever is necessary, including marching on the houses of Supreme Court justices to make their views known, even though we already know their views. Look, these are the same people that said their Congresswoman Maxine Waters demanded that their activists get in the faces of Republicans. This was during the Trump Trump days administration. Get in the face of people they don't like. These are the people, the Democrat Party, that forgave and forgot all about the months-long violence, months-long rioting, not a week of it, not two weeks of it, not a month of it, month upon month of it in Portland, Oregon, in Seattle. These are the people who don't mind arson. These are the people whose lawyers, like two of them who just got off with a slap on the wrist from the Justice Department, the very same corrupt Justice Department, firebombed a New York City police car. And yet these lawyers get off with a slap on the wrist because they are liberals. These are the same people, remember, when the candidate for governorship in Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee, was having dinner, who disrupted her and told her and forced her and her companions to get out of a restaurant. They couldn't even eat in peace. These are the people whose allies in BLM harass people while they're eating dinner, threaten them, who march through their neighborhoods, threatening them. And yet, if residents of those neighborhoods show up in front of their own houses with arms to protect their own houses, then liberal district attorneys will, th- will throw those people in jail that are trying to protect their own property over the liberals who are invading their gated community, who are trespassing. These are the people who support violence 
and they have a history of supporting violence throughout the United States of America, throughout American history. These are the people who showed up in, in hoods and sheets when they got mad that black people could have the right to vote. That Democrat Party, same ones. These are the people. Anytime they have an objection to something, everybody else is supposed to bow down and give in. And if you don't, then they will unleash violence on you. They will unleash threats on you. They will unleash retribution on you. And that retribution can come in many forms. Look at what they just did to Mr. Navarro. Put him in shackles. Threw him in Hinckley's. And by the way, Hinckley has a sold-out concert coming up in Brooklyn, New York. He tried to assassinate President Ronald Reagan. And he's out to a sold-out concert, no doubt filled by more of these same liberals. These people are a clear and present danger to America. They are a clear and present danger to civility, and they always have been as a party. These, these are the people who will put an entire race of people in chains because of their color and who now tell Americans that it's okay to commit a genocide on mostly black and Hispanic babies because that's where they place their abortion mills in those neighborhoods. The founder of Planned Parenthood was a eugenicist, Margaret Sanger, who thought that black people were inferior, an inferior race, and wanted to do what Hitler wanted to do to the Jews, to just get rid of all of them, drive them off the face of the earth, murder them all, kill them all. And this is what goes on. In clinics, so-called health care clinics across this country. And because this law, this law that went in and found a clause that is not in the Constitution, that was built on whole cloth by a liberal justice writing for a majority who wanted to see this happen, this flawed law that even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said was flawed. Just because there's a draft that says this law may be overturned, now we have one of these liberal activists at the home of a Supreme Court justice with the intent to kill him. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. This is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We're coming right back after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Rush. On Rush. 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurley. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Rush. Rush. Mr. Big Stuff brings us back on WABC. Yeah, thanks, hon. Never going to get your love. 
okay with me. Uh, WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, John Katz comes up next after this show. Let us turn our attention from Maryland, where we have the attempted murder of a Supreme Court justice to a second-degree murder that happened Memorial Day weekend in Florida. Police have reportedly charged a Florida preteen with second-degree murder in an incident where she allegedly pulled a gun from a backpack and opened fire on a woman who was brawling with her mom. You shouldn't have messed with my mother, the 10-year-old girl who was arrested on Tuesday, reportedly yelled at the time, according to NBC Orlando affiliate WESH. The girl's mother now also faces a host of charges in connection with the incident. The tragic encounter apparently occurred during a barbecue in a courtyard outside an Orlando apartment complex late on Memorial Day evening. First responders transported the victim to a local hospital where she was subsequently pronounced dead, muerta. Orlando police said Lashun Denise Rogers, 41 years old, and Lakrisha Isaac, 31 years old, got into a physical fight. At some point, 31-year-old Lakrisha Isaac handed a bag that contained a gun to her 10-year-old daughter. The daughter pulled out a gun from the bag, fired two rounds, striking Rogers. The victim was reportedly shot in the head. What started this fight, apparently, according to the report that I'm reading from, which was found in BizPack, BizPackReview.com, social media posts were reportedly the, 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 the source of the dispute between the two women. Cops arrested Lucretia Isaac at the scene. The According to what we're getting from the Orange County Department of Corrections, she faces a slew of charges including manslaughter by culpable negligence, aggravated assault with a firearm, child neglect, and negligent storage of a firearm. The 10-year-old girl who had no compunction about pulling out a gun and shooting an adult in the head is now in the custody of the Department of Children and Families, currently detained at a local juvie center. Thank goodness she's not in New York City under Alvin Bragg's Justice Department because who knows, with our court, she might be back walking on the streets if someone posted bail for her. Reacting to this situation, Orange County State Attorney Monique Worrell, Democrat, says it's one of the most tragic cases she's seen in her 22 years. Ten-year-old girl. Her mom, apparently, according to reports, is the one that threw the first punch. 
And even though her mom threw the first punch, that wasn't enough. Ten-year-old girl handed a bag by her mom in the midst of a fight, pulls out a gun from the bag, shoots a grown woman in the head. And what does she say? She doesn't react as 10-year-old, is not reported to react with tears, not with remorse, not with, oh, I didn't mean it. None of that. Ten-year-old girl. Ten-year-old girl shoots a grown woman in the head and says, you shouldn't have messed with my mom. You shouldn't have been messing with my mother. When I say and I talk about the street life and I talk about the life that has infected the culture in in this city and other cities around the country, some liberals act like I'm crazy. Well, come on. You're over-exaggerating. It's not that bad. It is that bad out here. Ten-year-old. You, if those of you were children, what were your kids doing at 10 years old? Your kids, what did your child do at 10 years old? Would your child pull out a gun and shoot someone in the head and then have absolutely no remorse for it? Can you imagine for a minute, go beyond the words, actually draw this out in your mind, a 10-year-old, put a 10-year-old face that you know, pulls a gun out, shoots it at another adult in her head, kills the woman, and by the way, a gunshot to the head is a ghastly, messy, ugly thing. And just think about what that scene must have looked like. And then you have a girl who just did this say, well, you shouldn't have been messing with my mom. So I shot you dead in your head. And this is what's going on in the mind of a 10-year-old girl. I guess... What was needed here was a little bit more gun control. I guess that the Glocks, since that was the weapon used, I guess all Glocks should be banned everywhere because Glocks obviously are responsible for this horrendous murder. We are living in an age that is increasingly defined by evil. There is no way that a child, a 10-year-old child, should be capable. I mean, there are scenes, go back to, your, to, to, to some of the movies you've seen, or go back to your own experience in real life. There are scenes when children, young children this age, are asked by some parents to go out and hunt. And these kids can't find the nerve to point a weapon at an animal and kill it because they know instinctively, their conscience is telling them, no, this is wrong. And they, and they can't bypass their own conscience to do it. This is incredible, what we are seeing happen on a daily basis. And no amount of gun control laws are going to stop it. 
because the issue isn't the gun. The issue is what is in the hearts or what isn't in the hearts of not even 10-year-old children anymore. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Your calls and more news coming up right after this. Rush. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Bo Snurdly. On 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. You recognize the voice. Yes, the voice on the guitar, that voice. Anytime you hear that playing, you have to know it's Carlos Santana. If you listen to Santana's albums now, 30, 40 years after this was released, his playing is just still getting better. Carlos Santana on WABC. There is, my friends, news from California that should hearten us. And very rarely do we say that here. But I want to talk some politics here. Let's just talk nitty-gritty, street-level, down-to-the-earth politics. A bunch of years ago now, I don't even remember how many years ago unless I sit and do the math, Old Howard Dean showed up. This was Dr. Howard Dean. And boy, Dr. Dean was for a little while on fire. He was out yelling to Democrats that they needed to take the country back from Rush Limbaugh, to take the flag back, and we need to take this and all that. And he started winning a few primary races until he embarrassed himself with that silly scream and went overboard. And I think people said, okay, this guy jumped the shark. It's over for him. But after that, Howard Dean became the head of the Democrat National Committee. And to me, he was one of the most astute politicians of his age. Because what Howard Dean said was something that I have always believed, is that you cannot lay down in the face of your enemy, whether your enemy, and by that I mean your political opponent's, And I don't mean enemy as in to the death enemy. I political enemies, your political foes, your opponents. Howard Dean said that he wanted to stop a practice that has been going on in both parties where you only compete in areas that are your strength areas and you write off certain areas of the country because, oh, We'll never win there. Oh, we can't win there. Oh, the opposition is too big for us there. What Howard Dean said he wanted to do was run the Democrats on a 50-state campaign in the next presidential cycle. Every single state, regardless of whether it was overwhelmingly a Democrat state or Republican state, every single state he wanted to compete. He wanted to compete with congressmen, with Senate, every state. He wanted the Democrats to put money in behind elections. And the strategy was that if you do this long enough and if you do this in a sustained manner, eventually you will succeed in some of those states that other people had written off. And I've always thought that was 
even before Howard Dean, I wondered why people gave into this strategy. It's all about money. And you hear it. You hear, you hear the political pundits say, oh, the electoral map has shrunk to these eight battleground states. Oh, the presidency is going to be won here and there. And so that's the focus where all the money goes. And meanwhile, the rest of the country that are not those states, they don't even, they're, they're not even taken seriously. So I say all that to say this. California, according to the Amazon Prime Washington Post, has just sent Democrats and the nation a message on crime. The recall of a progressive prosecutor in San Francisco and, and, and the strong showing by a former Republican in the mayor's race in Los Angeles showed the shifting winds on criminal justice. Now, without going into so much detail, this this wacko liberal prosecutor, another one of the Soros prosecutors, Chase Bowden, Bodine, whose mom was a terrorist, by the way, became district attorney in San Francisco in 2009. All that tough on crime policy, all that tough on crime rhetoric, gone, 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 gone. And right now, San Francisco is an S show in more ways than one. There were maps as recently as two years ago telling tourists to avoid certain streets because of the human poop that could be found on those streets. Not kidding. Many conventions pulled out of uh, taking part, having their conventions in San Francisco because the crime. A convention was nothing but a magnet for criminals to come and assault those people and rob people that were coming to the conventions. Drugs out of control. And this Democrat, Chase Bodine, like so many other liberals, we have one here, Alvin Bragg, let the criminals out. Oh, no, we can't keep the criminals in jail. Oh, no, that's racist. Oh, no, that's that's not supporting diversity and inequality. So we have to let the criminals out. They're really not bad people. They just made bad choices. And San Francisco's turned into an absolute zoo, a mess. Even liberals now in San Francisco have had it. And so there was a recall election, and yesterday with their primary, out goes Chase, Bodine, goodbye, sayonara. Adios. Hit the door, amigo. And Mr. Bodine, today, he's blaming the loss on right-wing billionaires. Even in defeat, he cannot be honest about what drove him out. A crime-ridden city with progressives who, like in New York, do nothing but promote criminal and criminal behavior over the lives of law-abiding citizens. Only this time... Sayonara, chase. Goodbye. And in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Rick Caruso, 
A billionaire luxury mall developer spent nearly $41 million telling voters how he would restore order in the city. He's vowing, instead of defunding the police like so many liberals want, he's vowing to add 1,500 police officers. He's promoting the fact that he's been endorsed by William Bratton, the former police chief. We had William Bratton. He's going to face Mr. Caruso, Karen Bask, the former chair of the Congressional Black Caucasians. Caruso had 42% of the vote. Miss Bass, 37%. So Rick Caruso right now is already in the driver's seat to perhaps become this former Republican, the next mayor of Los Angeles. So let's complete the circle. Many Republicans for the last 20 years have been saying and acting like California is lost land. Nope, don't put any resources in California. No, 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 no. And what they're really saying, some of them, not all of them, is that the demographics in California are too brown now for Republicans to win because of the heavy influx, and it is heavy of illegal and legal immigrants. That's in Southern California. And, you know, in some ways, look, I don't think it's racist to actually say what you see with your own eyes. I have been to a California town near the border, and I will tell you it resembled a town more like in Mexico than it did in the United States of America. But that's just the way it is. But I never thought that Republicans should give up on California. And I don't think so now. California can be won. It is going to take consistent effort for many years. It is going to take a determined effort. And it is going to take donors who are willing to invest in what at first will be a losing operation in order to build back slowly a party capable of ousting Democrat rule in California. But it can be done. And one of the reasons it can be done, because Democrats always overreach with what they do. Democrats always go too far. And they've gone too far with this lax-on-crime attitude that is now, thanks to George Soros, showing itself in many cities around the United States, including Los Angeles, including San Francisco, and including our very own New York City. These liberal prosecutors have shown what they're all about. And sadly, the innocent victims, the lives that have been lost because of this, the people that have been injured because of this, the out-of-control thefts because of this. Just yesterday, there was another film, a bunch of kids going into this, just just minutes from the D.C. Capitol. Two or three of them go in with big shopping. They grab the shopping carts. They go. They clear the shelves of all the detergents and everything else and walk right out the store. No one's going to stop them because this is the Democrat America where thieves rule, where murderers rule, where rapists 
rule and where Democrats let heinous criminals out of jail so that they can commit even more crimes on society. But the people of the United States are getting fed up with this. And we are beginning to see just how fed up they are in California. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, coming back. Your call is coming up. Don't go away. Right back after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley. Rush. On 77 WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Stevie Wonder brings us back for once in my life on WABC. Once in my life, I have someone who needs me. Someone I've needed so long. Remember, John Katz is up next. Catch at night. And remember, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock for both Snurley's Rush Hour each weekday at 4 o'clock. And then on Saturday morning, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza begins at 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Let's head to the telephones in Rockaway Beach. Michael, welcome and thank you for holding on. What is on your mind this afternoon, Michael? Thank you for taking my call, Bo. Uh, uh my observation of these games, these computer games that these kids play with the uh, military shootouts and blood and guts and everything, I, my six-year-old nephew is playing the game. I said to my nephew, I said, what are you letting the kids get exposed to? It's like they don't understand the reality of it. So I could see that 10-year-old girl like, grabbing the gun and just shooting it like it was a computer game. It's out you know, of control. You know, the realism on some of these first person shooter games is stunning. In fact, I tried to play Halo when it first came out. You know, all of the kids and 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 that I know, my godsons, they were all, oh, you got to play Halo. They these guys would spend so many hours of their lives playing these these first per, we'll Call of Duty, Halo, all of it. Right. I tried to play Halo and I got motion sick because of the realism that was happening on the screen, and I couldn't adjust to it very quickly. I got nauseous and motion sick trying to play the game. The The realism with some of these games is, as you say, beyond belief. And just kill, 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 kill. That's kill, kill, kill. That's what it's about. Kill more. And then if you die, you wake up, and then you, you get something, you get health, you get life, you get powers, and then you go on and kill, 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 kill some more. And of course, the Silicon Valley companies that produce these games, the entertainment giants that produce these games, are never mentioned as a possible source of the problem by those demanding that every American citizen who has a firearm should give them up because firearms are the problem. So, Michael, I thank you for that. Thank you for bringing it up. Great point. Let us go to Jersey and Russ. Russ, thank you for holding. WABC Talk Radio 77, you're on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Hi, Bo, it's Russ. Hi, Russ. I just want to say uh, I love your show, and uh, I'm a longtime listener now. 
I, I ripped the, the knob off the radio, so it never leaves WABC, so I listen to it all day long. Cool. Anyway, uh, I, <laughs> I just want to ask you, who is who wrote or is playing your, your theme song in the beginning? I'm a musician, and I, and I just I love it. It is Street Wave by the Brothers Johnson. Can I buy that? On, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hit hit, hit Apple uh, uh, iTunes Store or Amazon or or wherever you buy your music from. And it is, um, I think Rider Rocket was the album, the original album, but I think it's also included now on a greatest hits album or a compilation album. Brothers Johnson, the name of the song is Street Wave. I'm sorry, just one second. Street, Brothers. yeah, the Brothers Johnson. The guys who made... Um, their their first hit was um, "I'll Be Good to You," and Quincy Jones produced it. They they did a lot of work with Quincy Jones over the years. So that's uh, the Brothers Johnson and Street Wave is the name of the song. Three, Russ, three wave, three is, street, three is, street, is, street, is, street wave. Okay, street wave. Got it. I'm gonna you look got it, it my friend. Definitely, definitely want to buy it. Thank you so much. I, I love you, man. Quite welcome. Love you too. Love right back to you. Let us go to Wendy in Long Island. Welcome. You're on Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. Good morning. I love your show. I love your South Park imitation, and you have a really great voice. Thank I just you. Want to, yeah, I just want to say I think a lot of the problems that we have with kids today is that the families are not involved with um, a church or a synagogue or a mosque. And for any parents out there who are not involved, I say get involved. It's a great place where your kids can learn and grow, and other adults can help them be put on the right track. They have youth group. You learn lots of ways about how to behave and become a really good person. And you know what? If you were there, then chances are your kids are not hanging out doing bad things, and you're certainly not picking up a gun and shooting somebody else because you learn about the value about how to treat other people. And to that, Wendy, I say amen. You got Ethan, it. thank you. Ethan and Queens, welcome. You're on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon? Hi, James. Um, it's um, it's my point that this abortion thing is something added to the plan against God because God created man and woman and put the miracle of life into the women bodies. And with the right propaganda, though, if they convince the women not to have kids at all, not only abortion, not just not to have kids for any reason they want, then the humanity will be depopulated automatically. And what was the had... first what was one of the first edicts that we all learned in the Judeo Christian ethic? Be fruitful and multiply in the Old Testament. Yes. Be fruitful and multiply. Now <clears throat> the the ethos for Democrats is kill your baby. And that is stunning. And when you talk, when people talk about the sanctity of life, now again, I don't want to be harsh. I don't want people saying, oh my goodness, this guy is just trying to be evocative with that. No, I'm not. I'm trying to just put thing in a, things in a realistic framework because that is the ethos. It is you. Don't worry about your baby. Put yourself first, your own desires first, your own needs first. If you are pregnant, you, un- unless it's a rape or another criminal act, you did not get that way without your own consent and without your own involvement. But if it results in something that's inconvenient, the idea is dispose of it quietly behind closed doors and then go on with your life. 
So much for the sanctity of life. Leo, New Rochelle, New York, thank you for waiting. Thank you for holding on. James Golden, Boston Airways Rush Hour here on WABC. What's on your mind, Leo? Thank you for accepting my call, sir. I am a little nervous, uh, and I'm very uh, proud to talk to you, sir. Thank you. And don't be nervous. It's all good. What's on your mind, Leo? I want to talk about Obi-Wan because I know you're a fan. Okay. And... And this is like a character assassination all over again. Because, <laughs> because what they did, I know, sir, no, this is serious. Because what they did to Luke, that hurt. Because I was born in 1977. So Luke Skywalker was practically one of my first heroes. And what they did to him, it's messed up. And I felt that to, to the bottom of my heart. And Luke didn't deserve that. And they're doing the same thing to Obi Wan, and it's messed up. Why don't they? Why, why don't they? I don't know. It's, they're they're ruining something that couldn't be ruined. They're that ruining something that shouldn't have been. Look, you're not the only one complaining about it. My nephew and I watched the the first three episodes of Obi Wan, and another one's supposed to drop tonight, right? And so Obi Wan, <clears throat> my nephew was incensed, just like you are at the way his character is being portrayed. Now, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to do a spoiler on it for people. But I will say this. I am open to discussing this. And I am, I tell you what, I was very disappointed in the last three of the series in the Star Wars movie because, to me, anyone that's followed the story, to me, of Star Wars had to be disappointed. And since those movies have been out for years, I'll just say this, and then we'll move on. But, if, but Saturday, I'd love to talk about it more for you Star Wars fans. One of the things they did in the last three series, for the sake of political correctness, they make this girl a Jedi. Now, you're supposed to go through all this training, training, training. This girl turns into a Jedi, and she's more powerful than any other Jedi with no training. Two days' worth of training. And there she is, more powerful than any other Jedi we've ever seen. It's all politically correct garbage. And I think a lot of people reacted that. And the thing that really got people not ticked off with Star Wars, the beginning of the end was Jar Jar. And that's, let me not even go further than that. Margaret, and Archley, welcome WABC. How are you this afternoon? Pretty good, James. I just wanted to say that I think sometimes the media is um, making these mass murder things a little too sensational. I, I wish they wouldn't publish the names of the murderers. I um, the, the guy in Buffalo who killed the people at Top Supermarket, he had the names of, of former mass murderers on his rifle. And I think there's something wrong with that. I'm not saying the media's at fault, but I'm saying they're contributing to the problem. Margaret, I have heard that before from people, and I think it's worth I think that's worth having in the discussion of how do we stop this stuff. I don't know whether we'll ever get to a point where people don't report on the news because that's a part of the news. But there's certainly something wrong when killing, when evil, when villains are regarded as the good guys in society by those with twisted minds. But what is absent in all of these is the lack of a conscious inside this telling the person you're going to you're preparing to do something wrong that should never be done. And for that to be absent in a person, I don't even know what they live like inside of themselves. Margaret, thank you. Quickly, Tommy, 30 seconds, because we are running out of time. Quickly, Tommy. Hey, Mo. Hey, Mo. What I can't understand is that we have a law that prohibits people from assembling and protesting and parading at judges' homes. 
So why haven't these people who promote and the ones who actually are there being arrested? Why aren't they being arrested? Absolutely. Instead, what we have now are murderers, people with murder on their mind, showing up at justices' homes. Thank you, Democrats. We begin, we end where we started. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Listen, folks, time is dwindling down here. Let me just say this, as always, as every day. I hope that God blesses, protects each and every one of you and your families. And remember, we will be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. John Katz up next. Catch at night. See you tomorrow. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.